neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Hey guys, welcome in the neutral corner. We're back. You're here with RJ Summerlin, and uh, we are back with another episode. Kind of a lot going on uh, this week. You know, um, they had some good fights this last Saturday. Uh, Holly Holm lost by second round uh, guillotine, I believe it was. Uh, the fight card as a whole was pretty decent. Um, I actually watched most of it uh even though i didn't recognize a whole whole lot of those names uh still a pretty good card overall um although i do <clears throat> holly holm got paid only eleven thousand dollars for that fight so i guess i'm just gonna s jump right out and and start with that um it's kind of crazy i looked at some of the the uh payouts that were released and i mean we had fighters making four thousand dollars on the ufc card now i'm no expert when it comes to the ufc um i just follow them pretty religiously so it's kind of weird you know i i was under the impression that way back when they signed the deal with reebok that in order for them you know one of the incentives for them to do that was was that the base pay was going to be ten thousand to show ten thousand to win Now, I don't know if that's not, you know, if that's not relevant anymore or what that case may be. But um, it does seem to me that that's pretty low. I mean, Holly Holm's a former champ, you know, $11,000. And uh, the woman she beat didn't get, you know, Holly Holm topped it. So the woman that she beat got a win bonus and still made less to fight Holly Holm. You know, that's 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 a little concerning considering I'm getting offers from bare knuckle, you know, MMA from Jorge Masvidal paying more than Holly Holm, a former world champ. I mean, like, come on, guys. Like that is insane to me. Um <clears throat> you know, I'll go right into it. The the game bred MMA they're they're really looking and putting on these these great fights but they're also you know they're paying their guys pretty damn well like pretty well you know um they were they were advertising for a 205 matchup against a guy for 5000 to show and 5000 to win now those are comparable to the UFC numbers especially what was released today when you're looking at when you're looking at that and that's it's way easier i say this it's easier to get on a game bread card than it would be on the UFC card, at least as of right now. Now, I'm not meaning that in any type of disrespectful way. I actually think that's a good thing. But in getting paid the same, um, it's pretty crazy. I, it blew my mind to see that Holly Holm made as little as she did, regardless of what any locker room incentives or anything like that. I mean, you really think about it. In Gamebred, I am still able to get sponsorships through that. If if you know what I mean, and and the UFC you can't anymore, you know. So that's that's kind of crazy. Um, I do want to give a shout out to my buddy Cody Herbert. You know, he uh, accepted a fight against uh, Reggie Northrup, which is going to be a very interesting fight. Reggie is a very explosive, powerful 
uh, striker. He comes from a football background, played in the XFL, um, comes from Fusion XL, so they got a great um, team behind him, trains with top-notch guys. And then you got Cody, who has fought on game bread twice before. He's won one, he's lost one, he's got experience when it comes to that. And then he's also fought for Bellator, and so he has big-time experience. And uh, Cody's always game, always tough, and it's at 205, so Cody's not having to um, cut a whole lot of weight. You know, uh, that that's great for him, and I'm super happy for him, and I'm hoping to be able to be on that same card. But, you know, the future is yet to be laid out for me. Um, super happy for Cody, and I'm going to be cheering Cody on for the win. That, that would be a big feather in his cap. And uh, a very nice payday, as I said. The game bread, are, are, they are paying guys, paying guys, and it's it's awesome. Um, the main event, Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Werdum. I wanted to look just a little bit into that, um, you know, because they that they fought once before. And I think that this fight is hard because I read a poll on uh, YouTube from Game Bread Promotions and, you know, they're polling people to see who do you think is going to win? Who's going to win? Everybody seems, the, the overwhelming majority seems to think that Junior Dos Santos is going to win. Now, Junior Dos Santos, being one of my all-time favorites, of course, I want him to win. I think he's going to win. However, we cannot ignore the fact that his last, you know, six fights have not been very good. He definitely, he, he got knocked out like four or five times in his last six or eight fights. And uh, where Doom has just had a better track record overall uh, as of late than... Dos Santos and where doom let's not forget he knocked out Mark Hunt let's not forget he um you know not you know beat the shit out of Travis uh Brown like he he's got decent striking ability and uh you know he might take it to the ground immediately and even though Junior is a black belt there are levels to everything and you both might be black belts but there are levels and where doom is a levels ahead when it comes to the grappling so you know, I don't think it's as uh, cut and dry as people think. I think because the bare knuckle, they think it favors Junior, but it might actually favor Werdum, you know. Um, Junior notoriously has his hands low. Not that that's always a bad thing, but that fight is... Uh, that fight's... Yeah, that fight's going to be a... Uh, an ass puckering fight for sure. Every swing is gonna be whew, whew. that whole card so far. You got Brandon uh, Brandon Jenkins fighting on that card, um, and he's fighting. Um, God, what's that dude? Anthony starts with an N. I think his last name. He um, has fought on three or four of these game bread cards, and uh, you know that's gonna be a really good fight for those two. Um, yeah, you know we have another Island fights coming up. I believe it's Island Fight seventy nine. Um, August 11th, we got Cam, big friend of the show, Cam. Um, you know, he is, uh, he's fighting on that. And I'm excited for him, man. It's another tough test. I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to do great. I've been hearing nothing but good things from his camp. 
um, about the way he is improving and performing and uh, couldn't be happier or prouder of Cam. And I, I'm trying to make time in my schedule to get over there and try to help train with him just because I like being involved with good people and I like being involved in someone's story um, in any way that I can help. So, you know, here's the good preparations to Cam and, uh, you know, look forward to having you back on the podcast um, so we can have, you know, another victory talk after your fight. Really looking forward to Island Fights. Um, not really, not many other matchups have been uh, announced yet. So as those are announced, we will get to those, you know, and I will bring those up more and uh, kind of, um, you know, kind of think about those, talk about those, and evaluate those. Um, yeah, man, coming up, uh, in like two weeks, what is it, two, three weeks, UFC 291, I think it's three weeks, um, good lord, that card, that card might be one of the best cards ever, um, Justin Gaethje is fighting Dustin Poirier, uh, that, (laughs) man, like, that first fight between them was pure violence, pure excitement, and this is just going to be round number six. I, I, I truly believe that. I do believe that both men have improved their styles better, especially Gaethje being less um, uh, less risky. However, there's not there's only so much you're going to be able to change at the age these gentlemen are and at the level that they are. And so I really do think that that's just going to be a nasty, violent collision between the two of those men. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty excited to see... Uh, I'm just kind of burning through some topics right now, discussing whenever one really tickles my funny bone and really get into it, I will. You know, one thing that I do like about the Gaethje and uh, Dustin fight is that both of those guys, I would even say that Gaethje is more technical than Dustin, but Dustin's got a dog in him. You know, not, not that Dustin's not technical, but they move differently, you know, and so it is very interesting to watch their styles match up and the toughness of each of them and to see who can out tough the other. Uh, let's see also fighting on that. I mean, that whole card stacked, you've got, uh, you know, Paula Costa's fighting on that as well. Um, Oh, Jan Blahovich versus Alex, Alex Pajera. Hey man, listen, listen, Yuri Prohaska injured his shoulder and like, and like and like the samurai that this guy is, right? He says, "Hey y'all, I hurt my shoulder. I'm not going to hold this division up. I'm not going to do that. Y'all, y'all move on without me. When I'm going to take my time to heal, I'm not going to be rushed. When it's time for me to come back, I will come back. I will come back stronger. I will come back better." Man, that's respectable. That's commendable. And so because of that, Jamal Hill was able to get his title shot and was able to test his ability against Glover Teixeira. And he won. And he looked phenomenal. And now he's injured. Which, you know, I've been seeing a lot of social media videos and he's been looking a little plump, a little, little tubby around the midsection area. But then he did... And so, which made me worry. I was like, damn, dude, is this guy going to be like another Buster Douglas? Like, you just won the title. You're happy with it. 
Now you're just going to get fat and lose. Another Roberto Duran. Another Jamarcus Russell, for those of you who are into other sports. Another Trent Richardson, for those of you who like Pensacola. Another Eddie Lacy, for those of you who like college football. Like We can just go on and on and on. People who get to the big leagues and get complacent. And they're fine where they are. And that fire, that desire, that burn, they made it out. That's, that that was their whole goal the whole time was to make it out. Now they're out. They don't know what, I mean, they're fine. That's that's natural human psyche. It happens in every sport. It happens in jobs. It happens in music and TV and movies. It's, it's, a, it's a psychological thing that people do. And, um, you know, I really did wonder if, if Jamal Hill went into that. But he comes out with an announcement that he ruptures his Achilles tendon, which is a major injury, by the way, which is going to take at least, I mean, dude, at least a year. With the amount that you do with this, first of all, have you ever reached down and felt your Achilles tendon? How thick, how hard that thing is? He snapped that. He snapped it. So that thing's got to heal. That thing's got to get better. So why not make Jan Blahovich versus Alex Pajera a title fight? Jan gets the title back. Yuri Prohasa comes in, saves day, beats Jan. Alex Pajera, he gets the title. He's a double champ. Izzy can move up, fight him again. Or Yuri comes back, can fight him. Yuri probably beats Blahovich, or I mean, uh, probably beats Pajera, in my opinion, just because he's longer. He's a big dude, and um, I think he'll probably have a better ground game. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I do understand that he did just get knocked out by Adesanya, but dude, weirder things have happened. <laughs> weirder title shots have been given. Weird, weirder titles have been exchanged or weirder circumstances have surrounded this. So why not? Why not make this event a double championship header? Keep your main event with Dustin and Justin. That's fine. Keep that. That's who's going to sell those tickets and let, let them let Jan and Alex fight for that. That is just, I mean, it, it's writing itself at this point. No one jumped in that gym and injured Jamal Hill. Fate happens and fate intervenes and i believe that this fight is is on its way to bring us something bigger and better also think as long i think alex Pajera, i think with him not cutting so much weight with him being a full like really wrap your head around this 185 195 205. We're talking 20 pounds difference. So if with Alex not cutting near as much weight, if he walks around at 230, he's only cutting 25 pounds. This dude was walking around at 230 pounds, cutting to 185 pounds. This man was cutting 50 fucking pounds. Like, dude, the brain cannot take the same amount of punishment and, and you cannot absorb the same damage when you are draining your body just a mere 24 hours. You've heard Joe Rogan talk about that shit over and countless and over. The weight cutting is dangerous. And Alex, I think, is going to benefit from being at 205. 
more than anything else. Like, I really do believe that his chinny, like, his questionable chin, really, at the end of the day, it comes from cutting just an outrageous, just a, a fucking outrageous amount of weight. Um, so I think he wins. You also got Ferguson versus, uh, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Um, this is a good fight for Bobby Green. I'm a, man, I don't know why, dude, but I love fucking Bobby Green. I love him. One of my favorite fighters to watch. No one is as gangster as that dude. Walking in, hands down, just bop, 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 bop. Freaking facial hairs all shaved like fucking spikes. The dude is awesome. He's a monster. And uh, I believe he knocks out Ferguson. Ferguson's time is over. It happens to the best of us. Ferguson is still very dangerous. He could probably still beat my ass. However, at the at those levels, I think Bobby is still at this uh, age and part of his career where um, he hasn't reached his full potential. Right? That's one of those weird things. Like, you'll have guys that have been in there for a while and win some, lose some, win some, lose some, win some, lose some, and then they go on a win streak. Uh, you've seen it with Oliveira. You've seen it with Bisbing. You've seen it with a lot of these guys. Right? You do have your anomalies that just go on these win streaks regardless. Or like Tony Ferguson, who goes on an 11, 12 fight win streak and doesn't get his due justice until it's too late. But, you know, I think Bobby's, I think Bobby is, uh, not quite as long on the tooth as uh, as Ferguson, and I think that will be a very exciting, crazy fight. But I think Bobby probably stops Ferguson in the third round, second or third round. All in all, super excited for the fights coming up. You know, you got Tom Aspinall fighting someone this weekend that uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Starts with an M. Very familiar with who he is. Just you know. Um, that's going to be a good fight. Tom Aspinall is coming off his ACL surgery. That, I mean, that should be a good one. So the UFC in general have really good fights coming up. But obviously, the biggest elephant in the room is Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. I mean, dude, everybody and their brother, everybody and their brother was like, this fight is not going to happen. You know, um... Francis shit the bed. What did he do? When it turns out he believed in himself long enough to make that shit happen. The PFL deal, astronomical. People still shitting on him. Eh, he's still going to have the ability to box. Who's he going to box? He's not going to box Fury. Who's he going to box? Oh, my God. No one's going to touch him. He's not going to. Oh, PFL's paying him how much? For what? For what? He hasn't fallen how many? He, huh, he, huh. The reality is, is the dude believed in himself. The man's going to have a movie made about him, regardless if he beats Tyson Fury. And he won't. He will not. He will not. I'm sorry, guys. He won't. But it's going to be a fucking fantastic story. Fantastic story. You know, a slave in the sand mines of Africa you know, dropped off three separate fucking times, I think it was, in the damn Sahara Desert to die. Trains MMA, even though it was illegal, like, traveled the world to do what he had to do, got the machine, the UFC behind him to completely make him the monster he is, and then turns on that machine to say, hey, I appreciate what you've done for me, but you need to do this for everybody, and we need to treat everybody this way, and why don't we go ahead and, and do this, this, and this, 
And what's crazy is, is this sport, it reminds me of like, when you got that, when you watch a movie and, 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 and the, you've got the, there's these cops and there's this bad cop, like the captain, right? And everybody knows he's a sleazeball scumbag, but no one says anything. They're too scared because they don't want to lose their job and they don't want to lose their livelihood. And this is a lot of risk because you don't really know what happens if you out the captain for what his egregious ways and things like that. And I really feel like that's what happened. You know, all these people came out and were talking about this fighters union and all this stuff. And George St. Pierre said it and all of these guys and no one has done anything. They've tried and they failed. And Nganu took a bet on himself. And while he may not have gotten everything he wanted, he is making the ripples and ripples will turn into waves, guys. A guaranteed one million dollar purse for his for his opponent. Guaranteed. That's fucking awesome. In a sport that is literally about hurting the other person, he's sitting here saying, I at least want this guy to at least make a million dollars before I hurt him. Like, that's that's fantastic. Now, my thoughts on the actual fight. And <laughs> uh, is going to get boxed, outboxed. And I, I do believe Tyson Fury will probably carry him quite a few rounds, if not all the rounds, and knock him out late. <coughs> but... Um, he's too wild. He's too un untamed. His powers ungodly. Don't get me wrong. His he's got the he's got the Thor's hammer in his fucking hands. I, I get that. Boxing is a little bit different. Um, and I just you know Tyson's also way taller than him, four inches taller than him. He's gonna have a sizable reach advantage. Uh. If I was to be completely honest, a more interesting fight to me would be Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou because Anthony Joshua is still this big name. He has taken these losses, these three losses to his career that really hurt him. So it's not, it doesn't seem the same. But, you know, former world champion, boxer, really well-known name, beautiful specimen you know dude looks like a greek god he is a you know technical boxer but he'll stand right in front of nganu not a feigner doesn't use feints not gonna be <laughs> all this fancy footwork and and juking and bobbing and weaving and all this stuff he'll stand right in front of nganu and nganu has a better chance of landing that that one or an even crazier fight would be deontay wilder Versus Francis and Gatto. Two guys who throw the fundamentals out of the fucking window and just decide to go to war and throw left and rights until someone falls. That is a fight to watch. Someone would be getting knocked out 100% for sure. Man. And you can't say it would not be Wilder. And Wilder is still just as intriguing because his only two losses are to the best boxer in the world, Tyson Fury. No matter what, the heavyweight is always going to be the best fighter in the world simply because no one will be able to beat that heavyweight or light heavyweight, cruiserweight, those two, those two. And until Usyk fights Fury and we get the winner of that, we really truly don't know anybody other than Fury that is the best boxer in the world currently, you know, as far as just pound for pound. Terrence Crawford is not beating Tyson Fury. I am sorry. He's not. 
So anybody that wants to get their feelings heard about Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford, uh, Jamal Charlo, uh, Canelo Alvarez, who I'm a huge Canelo fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of all these guys. Earl Spence, like all these guys. None of them are beating Tyson Fury, though. Like in a 12-round fight. Not a single one. No way. So Tyson Fury's the best. Tyson Fury wins that fight, but man, what a time do we live in. What a great day and age that we live in that these crossovers are happening more than we are wanting to see them. I mean, I haven't even mentioned Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, but we all know Jake Paul's going to win that one, right? Nate Diaz has no power in his hands regardless of, I mean, none. And I, I just don't see, unless, I just don't see him taking the power of Jake Paul. I don't. And I also don't see why Jake Paul would take this fight with Nate Diaz if he doesn't think and know for sure that he can win. Uh, there's no jiu-jitsu. Like, it's just pure boxing. Ah, Jake Paul's going to take that fight. What are they going to do after? I don't know. But he loses the fight with Nate Diaz. His, bubble, his bubble's been burst. Regardless if he wins or not, honestly. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really heard anything or any coverage. I don't know how it's selling or how it's going to sell. But, guys, that's all I'm going to leave you with for now. Thank you for letting me ramble for 25 long minutes. I really appreciate it. Please hit up my sponsors. Um, that's the Burger Box, uh, uh, Bayside Body Arts, Larry Downs Jr. Plumbing, Penelope Fade Designs. I appreciate all you guys and all your love and support and um, being here for me. Thank you to all my listeners. Please give me a like a share, subscribe, uh, spread the message, spread the word, let everybody know. Um, love you guys so much. This is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed.